right, you guys, welcome to another I'm in Raw, I'm in Tech podcast. And today we're going to be talking about cash flow. So this article, you can find this article at fourspeechpartners.com. I'm actually going to post a link to it in the chat room. If I'm allowed to post links, I'm not sure if I am. Let me see if I can post it. All right, so I posted the link in the chat room and I also posted the link to discuss this. If you have any input, you're more than welcome to add on at any time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the article and then we're going to discuss the implications and um, do an analysis on this particular article. So the title of this article is Why Professional Athletes Are Rich But Not Wealthy by Andrew Lenal. Um, And this blog, Four Speaks Partners, they are a capital partner website and they deal with investment. They deal with finance, um, cash flow, and they they deal with private investments. So, um, you know, if you want to join that website, it's definitely a great company. I've heard great things about it. So it says here, Chris Rock once said, Shaq is rich with a white man who signs his check is wealthy. So what's the difference? What does it mean to be rich versus what it means to be wealthy? Maybe Chris Rock's implication is that you can be rich and have a lot of money, but still not be wealthy. It's the business owner, the one calling the shots, the one that doesn't have to worry about money. That's the wealthy person. Shaq, for all the millions he has made, was still an employee and like a lot of athletes probably spent a lot of his income on frivolous expenses. I've noticed this distinction in my own circle of friends and associates. I know many individuals, including doctors and lawyers who make good income, but still live paycheck to paycheck because they have substantial debt. A big house, fancy cars, nice clothes, and the best schools have a tendency to drain resources. Here's what I've learned from my readings about the distinction between being rich and being wealthy. Spending habits. Dr. Stanley Riggs, in his article, Wealthy People Make Different Choices with Their Money than the rest of us for businessinsider.com, distilled the difference between the poor, the middle class, rich, and wealthy into three convenient diagrams. And the difference all comes down to spending habits. The wealth just spend their money differently than everybody else. So what you're looking at is a cash flow diagram of the middle class slash rich households, right? So here we have our income statement and we have our earned income. So our earned income is going directly to expenses, home maintenance, utilities, fuel, insurance, entertainment, and unexpected. And our earned income is also going to our liabilities. So our liabilities will be a mortgage, a vacation home, um, two car notes, a boat, a RV, and quote unquote stuff. Now, earned income stops, right? It stops there. And then we have our balance sheet, which is our assets and our additional expenses. And that is contained within our net worth, right? Now, let's look at the cash flow of poor households. So here we have our earned income, we have our liabilities. We have our assets and our balance sheet. But if you look at our balance sheet, we have no assets. So the number one indicator of a poor cash flow is a lack of assets. And when you when your net worth causes you to drown, 
then you have a poor cash flow, right? Because you're drowning in debt, you're drowning in liabilities, you're drowning in expenses, and you have no assets to offset your liabilities. So if you look at the network of the middle class slash the rich households, they don't really have too many assets either. Um, but they at least they are able to stay afloat, right? That's the difference between poor and middle class. The middle class just stays afloat while the poor drowns in insurmountable debt. Now, if we look at the cash flow path of the wealthy, we have their earned income and their earned income flows into their assets, right? Which is, you know, other income and properties. And then we look at, they also have passive income flowing in from their assets, right? So the difference between a rich person and a wealthy person is this, a wealthy person has passive income. So they don't just have the money that they make at their job, the money that they make at work. They have passive income, right? And that passive income is coming from their assets and their property and their liabilities, right? Their passive income is also flowing into their liabilities. So they don't just have one single point of failure. That's what we call it in, in, uh, in IT. When you have a computer that has one server, it has a single point of failure. So when you look at this, you know, their net worth, they have um, a lighthouse, right? <laughs> they're not just staying afloat. They're not just making it and they're not drowning either. They're doing very well. So they have the same expenses that everybody else has, but they have something called passive income and assets. They are the only group on this on this diagram that has any assets, even people that are in um, the middle class or that consider themselves rich don't really have too many assets, right? So what can we deduce from the, these three diagrams? Comparing the amount of earned income that goes toward expenses, the poor spend a disproportionate amount towards expenses and liabilities, and the middle class rich allocate more of their income towards expenses and liabilities relative to the wealthy. Quote, the poor spend nearly all of their income towards expenses. But the most glaring difference between the wealthy and the other three groups is the wealthy do not only allocate their income toward expenses, but also towards assets, but not just any assets, assets that produce passive income. In fact, they allocate a majority of their income towards those passive income producing assets. If you follow the arrows for the wealthy, that passive income is then used to reduce liabilities and for reinvestment into more income producing assets. So while the poor have negative to zero net worth and the middle class rich are barely staying afloat, the wealthy are the guiding light. Like a lighthouse, they lead others. They own businesses, they employ others, and they don't have to worry about money. Assets put money in your pocket. Liabilities take money. If you lost your job, the liabilities don't go away and your net worth depletion is accelerated. If you have had assets when you lost your job, you would still receive the income from those assets. Interestingly, Dr. Riggs singles out investment real estate as one of the premier income producing assets, pointing out as an asset class, investment real estate has the advantage of providing rental income, appreciation, and other tax advantages. So passive income Income with regular distributions is the key to being wealthy. Regular distributions from passive income can be used to reinvest into other income producing assets and reduce liabilities, further freeing up more income for investment. 
the rich may make a lot of income, but all of that income usually comes from a job. If they stop working, so does their income. The wealthy don't derive their income solely from a job. If they stop working, they still have their passive income. Knowledge. Another difference between the rich and the wealthy is knowledge. They know how to make money in more ways than one. A doctor knows how to fix people, but if something happens to a doctor's hands that prevents him from being a doctor, he can no longer generate income. With the wealthy, their knowledge base is not restricted to one source of income generation. If one venture fails, they pick themselves up <coughs> and with their investment experience and ability to analyze potential opportunities, they move on to the next venture. That knowledge didn't fall out the sky. The wealthy are knowledge seekers and are constantly learning. And because the wealthy allocate funds for investing, they're always prepared for downturns. I know it's not as easy as it sounds to become wealthy. One should start by absorbing knowledge, learning about different types of passive income producing assets so that when you're in a position to invest, you can invest with confidence. Then by taking the regular distributions from your passive income investments and reinvesting them, you'll begin to compound your assets and income just as the wealthy do. So let's um, talk about that for a second because we're going to actually look at the cash flow for the uh, the NBA in a moment. Um, now, what they pointed out was a lot of people make a lot of money and a lot of people consider themselves to be middle class, but um, they don't have assets, right? And the reason for that is because they are content with um, they're content with going to the best school, having a nice car, paying a car note, doing whatever they have to do. And they are content with that. Now, the difference is when you have passive income coming from those assets, that money that you're spending on your passive income is used to offset your liabilities, right? So like they said, you can be rich, but not be wealthy. You can have a, a, a great job. You can be making six figures as a doctor or a lawyer or engineer. But if you lose your job and you stop working, then you immediately drown in debt. You know, the day you start losing your job is the day that you go right back into poverty, essentially. So it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if you work at a bank or if you work at McDonald's. If you lose your job, what is going to happen? And I can tell you from personal experience, um, there's been several times where I've lost a job and I just completely fall behind on everything. I completely um, go back into debt. I start missing credit card payments. I fall behind on rent. And that's because I didn't have any passive income. So when you don't have any passive income and you don't have any assets, it doesn't matter even if you're earning six figures. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so that's really the key takeaway from this article is that you know these NBA players are rich, but they're not wealthy. And so um, what we're going to do now, I'm going to show everybody how to look at an income statement as well as how to look at a, um, a SEC filing. Um, a SEC filing is something that um, you have to file with the government when you are um, you know, a company and you are doing trades and things like that. And so I'm going to pull that up right now. Um, for now, did you have anything to add, um, keep it in play? No, just um, just up here to um, 
you know, what if you need uh, need me to say something, I will. But I don't have anything to expound on that. Just listen, though, for right okay. now. Okay, cool. All right, cool. So have you ever looked at um, SEC filings and, are, like, are you familiar with income statements and things like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've occasionally looked at those SEC filings. But, you know, as, a, as you and I talked yesterday, I'm not so big on um, investing in stock and things of that nature. It's not, not big on that. Got you. Got you. Okay, cool. Um, so let's look at, <clears throat> we're going to look at the NBA. Um, cause a lot of people think the NBA is, <laughs> is about, um, <clears throat> the national basketball association, <laughs> but it's not, it's actually new beginnings acquisition corporation. So that's actually, um, who actually owns the NBA. So you look at this, you can go to marketwatch.com to look at any company's, um, Cash flow statement, right? So what we're looking at right now, this is the stock performance as it closed. And you can see you can get a stock in the NBA for $10. So it doesn't take um, a lot of money to own, literally own a part of the NBA. So this is the stock performance over the last day. You can see it's been down um, or it's been pretty steady. Now, if you look at the year to date performance of the NBA stock, um, you can see that it's it's been up, it's been down, it closed at 10. And then we can also look at the overall performance. And yeah, it's, it's been steady. It's been steady for years at $10. So it's been affordable for the majority of Americans and Black Americans for a long time. So now let's look at their operating activities. So their net income before extraordinaries is $4 million, right? That's it. Um, now, if you look at other funds, funds from operations, changes in working capital, they have accounts payable, and they also have um, what we call net operating cash flow. So they don't, their cash flow and their income are two different things, right? So that would be the difference between if you have a business, okay, what money are you using to actually operate your business and how much money do you have on hand? Those are two different funds. So when we talk about um, expenses and purchase and sale of investments, the NBA sold over $116 million. Um, well, no, they purchased over $116 million worth of investments. And they use what they purchase for their investing um, through their cash flow growth source. So they literally, any money that they invest, they take it and they reinvest it right back into the company. And so if you look at right now, they even buy their own stock back so they might sell stock and then they'll buy their own stock back so that shows you right there that you always want to have a multiple flows uh, with your income even if you're selling something right like a stock or ownership in your company these companies buy their literally buy their own stocks right back so um that's something we can learn from the nba because just because you're an nba player it doesn't mean you own any stock and it doesn't mean you get any of that money so um, here we go. Here's the cash flow statement filed with the SEC for the NBA. And here we go. Here's their income statement. Uh, let me see. Is it blank? Let me see. All right. It's not loading. All right. Hold on. Let me go. Let me go back here to this one 
Okay, it's not showing up all the data. But you guys get the point, right? That you need to look at, be able to read an income statement, right? So let's look at an income statement. Let's say maybe the NFL might have one. So the income statement for the NFL. So it says NFL share revenue hits a record 9.5 billion as media payouts rise. So there's 32 teams in the NFL and they split this shared income among these 32 teams. So they have $9.5 billion in national revenue, mostly from the league's TV deals, according to financials released by the Green Bay Packers. Each team received $296 million, up 8% from the $274.3 million in 2018. The jump comes primarily from built-in increases to the league's broadcasting deals, but it also includes money from nationwide league sponsorship and other share business ventures, right? So the breakdown with 58% of revenue coming from the league office is critical to how the thing, the team is thinking about this upcoming season. So if you look at their annual growth, their national revenue growth, um, it's been going up every year. So it was $6 billion in 2014. It was $7 billion in 2015. And now it's at $9.5 billion as of last year. So now you think about this, they are a publicly owned nonprofit and there's a difference between a publicly owned nonprofit. It operates slightly differently from a public company. The team issues shares that don't appreciate in value, pay no dividends and cannot be resold. It's 2012 stock sale raised 64 million. This unique structure provides the only regular into the finances of the world's richest sports league, which gave up its tax exempt status in 2015. So they, they're not even um, tax exempt, right? And it says here, the league's top line revenue number around 16 billion last year includes the national revenue and local revenue for every club. So we have operating profit, we have operating expenses, we have income statements, we have cash flow statements, and we have um, shares and we also have dividends and we can choose when you create a company, you can choose whether you want those dividends to appreciate in value and whether you want your shares to be resold. Now, in some cases like the NBA, they will buy um, some of their stocks back. Um, but the NFL, they say, hey, once you buy that stock, you can't sell it. Right. So you own that for life. And that's a that's a strategy to to stop people from selling and buying your company and leaving when things go up and when they go down. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to look at um, the top performance stocks um, in 2021. So this is for everybody to, to be able to see. These are the best stocks that you can go get right now. And these are the 20 best performance stocks in the SAP 500 based on year-to-date performance, right? So the best stock to get is Marathon Oil Corporation. Marathon Oil Corporation is up, it looks like 106% this year. Next is Nuker Corporation. Then we have Devon Energy Corporation is up 100%. Ford Motor Company is up 81%. 
Diamondback Energies up 77%. Um, Occidental Petroleum Group is up 68.34%. Um, here we go. We have Gap is up 56%. Wells Fargo is up 55%. And Simon Property Group is up 55%. So no matter what um, particular company you want to invest in, it looks like oil companies have the highest stock performance. Oil and energy companies are doing the best. So that that might, you know, I think that that comes down to the gas shortage, right? Because we know we had a gas shortage um, maybe a month ago. And um, it looks like that actually increased the stock, right? So whenever there's a shortage, it looks like it would be a good time to actually buy the stock of wherever the shortage is because that gas shortage has made people millionaires. So, <laughs> you know, we, correct. we're not correct. even thinking about that. We're just thinking, oh, shit, the, the, the price of gas went up two weeks ago. So now I got to come out of another dollar and 30 cents. <laughs> we're not thinking like, oh, man, if I would have bought some Marathon Oil Corporation stock, it's up 106% this year. It's the best performance stock. So, um. I mean, I'm sure you know better than me how important, you know, oil companies are, how important gas companies are. And I am I know you've seen an increase in gas prices over the last month, right? Oh, yes, uh, exactly, exactly. But understand, Shaka Rob, behind every, behind every um, tragedy in life or, or, or tragedy situation or, or however you want to relate to it, uh, when, when it comes down to the economy, that's when a lot of your millionaires are made. So quite sure that people have benefited a lot from the um, from the COVID-19 situation and things like that. And, you know, you and I, we talked about yesterday, talked about the uh, about investing in the stock with the vaccinations and things like that. You know, that's only going to be that's that's I'm telling you, man, that's going to that's going to be our ongoing thing with those vaccinations. You know, that's going to be that's going to be real lucrative. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um you know, Bill, Bill Gates said out his own mouth, he left Microsoft to go do that. So that if he would leave his own company, which is already lucrative and profitable to go do that. I mean, that should be a signal to everybody. Like, you know, whether you, you know, want to get it or not, you don't have to get it. You just have to own the stock because people are going to get it regardless. Right. So that's what I learned is like you don't have to necessarily agree with something or you know be an advocate for it to own stock in that company it just means that you think that it's a wise investment that's all it means yeah so so let's so i'm looking at marathon's um corp stock look at this graph like this <laughs> this is crazy right around the time we had the gas shortage i think that was the end of may or june yes 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 from that's twelve dollars and it went to 13 and it's been up ever since. Like, if you look at where it was before, it yes. was kind of you know steady, but it jumped last month. So, just imagine if you had put a thousand dollars in it, a thousand dollars worth of stocks would have turned into. Um, so, like, let's do the math on that. So, if you have, like, let's say uh, it, it's twelve dollars and sixty nine cents for one stock, right? So, again, this is affordable. That who cannot afford. $12.69. I'm sure we can all spare $12, right? So $12, let's say you want to have um, 100 stocks. So you spend $1,200 and then you, you basically spend $1,200 and then your stock goes up 100%. So if you multiply 
and take that $1,209, multiply it by 100, you just turn $1,200 into $120,000. Just that quickly, based, based on your investment in Marathon Oil Corp stock. And um, that's just a simple thing, man. Like $12 to own some of Marathon, like <laughs> um, even less to own. Let's see, another good performing one was... Um, what was it called? Dave? You ever heard of Dave's Petroleum? No, no, I never heard of them. It's, you know, it's so many, it's so many oil companies out there. It's funny, so many. All right, so we're gonna look at even if you want to look at uh, banks, because I bank with Wells Fargo. So let's look at Wells Fargo stock. Wells Fargo is forty-one dollars and seventy cents per share, um, and if you look at their one-month performance. It's up. It's been up. And then if you look at the six month performance, it's all the way up. Right. So the the higher the stock value, the more money you can make. Right. So if, if it's forty one dollars a stock and you buy 100 shares, right, that would be let's say you take four grand. Four grand and it's up 56 percent. All you do is multiply four thousand four thousand um, by fifty six. And if you would have spent four thousand on Wells Fargo six months ago, you would have had two hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars right now. Yeah, you know what things shocking around. One of the simplest ways I try to look at it when they're dealing with stock, and like I said, I told you I'm not, I'm not so big on stock. It's it's always to, to uh, to get in buy low, and uh, hope that the market goes up. I mean, you know, and maybe you can try to sell your stock that way. That's the only thing that I really got a good understanding out of dealing with, you know, dealing with stock, you know. So, yeah, yeah, and um, so oh yeah, remember we were talking about Amazon yesterday. Yeah, and, you know, you um, you know, you know that Amazon's a very successful company, and yes. you know, you know firsthand that you know that it's a good thing to be a part of, right? So look at Amazon stock. There, just to give one share of Amazon. It's three thousand four hundred eighty-six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to buy, got to buy a real, real, real small percentage of that. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Negro, you're not about to uh, come on no Amazon if you're not putting down a couple thousand." Yeah, you know, yeah. so. But just look at the performance, though. If you look at their six-month performance, <clears throat> it started off at thirty-two hundred, and now it's at you know thirty-four hundred. So. Again, right? Even if you just owned, um, you know, ten of these, you know, you put thirty thousand in. If you got it, if you got it like that, even if yeah. it just went up twenty percent, twenty percent of thirty thousand is what almost um, eight or eight or nine thousand. So if you multiply that, you would have made even more because the stock of Amazon is worth so much. Um, even if it goes up by 2%, 3%. Remember, we were talking about savings accounts. They had these 1%, 2%, 3%. Yeah. But yeah. Amazon, you know, even if you look at the, the year to date, it's been consistently going up. There are moments when it goes down. But overall, Amazon, if you look at where it started in June of last year, and June of last year was at 2700 And now we're all the way up to um 3400 in less than a year just imagine if you would have let your stock sit there for just a year so nice. it's not that hard to become a millionaire and um that's that's what i really want to emphasize is that 
Um, it's not that hard to become a millionaire. Um, all you got to do is pay attention to the stock market. I mean, niggas want to watch, you know, the news, but they as soon as they start talking about the stocks and the market and, um, you know, the analysis of that, then they say, oh, no, we don't want to uh, pay attention to that. So Amazon stock is kind of expensive, but, you know, I think based on what you tell me, it's always business going on. You're always delivering something. You always got multiple trucks going on. So, oh, yeah. So I think that Amazon stock would definitely be worth it based on what I see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yesterday, yesterday, shock and run our conversation, you opened my eyes up to a lot of things. And I, I said, damn, uh, why well, wasn't thinking like that? Because, <laughs> you know, we talk, you, you broke it down to me and brought it back to asking me what kind of trucks do I own? And I was like, and then you was like, well, you think it'd be a wise thing probably to invest in the the, the uh, truck that you own, the company that 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 that, that manufactures the trucks and the parts. And I said, man, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> yeah, man, I need to know who. Um, I need to know who makes your engine. I need to know who makes them tires. Yeah. I need. I need to know who makes them. Uh, <laughs> whatever other tools you got to use, I'm sure there's a bunch of tools you got to use, right? To um, to load stuff on the truck. So I mean. That's a whole list of things that I want to invest in because I know that you're busy. I know that you like every time I call you, you like running from here to there to there. So I'm like, I, I want to know, like, who's the oil company? Who's the who's the gas company? Who owns that? <laughs> and where's the stock at? Because I'm about to buy some. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You opened my eyes up today. yesterday. I was like, wow. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> well, I guess I guess I guess Shaka Robert, because I had such a closed mind to uh to the stock market and things like that. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not big on that. So, and, uh, but you opened my eyes to a lot of stuff yesterday and I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. And why do you think that is, is it, is it because of, um, do you think it's just exposure and, you know, just being around people that talk about it? Like, or do you think it's just, um, it's just something new in like, you know, for people that, you know, come from a, a different generation. This could I mean, it could be a combination of uh, of a lot of things, Shaka. A lot of things that you mentioned. It could just be a combination of all that, you know. You know, um, uh, you know, you never, you know, I, I never profess to know everything. This is, uh, you know, so learning, you know, I learn some every day. And uh, um, but you brought a lot of things to my uh, attention yesterday, and it, that made a lot of sense. So I was like, wow. You know? But um, like I say, the younger generation look at things different. Which is a good thing, you know. Um, um, you know, but I just—I mean, stock was just never something that caught my interest. You know, it was, mm. didn't never catch my interest like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so when you're meeting with you know managers and and you know people that own Amazon and stuff like that, they don't they don't mention that, right? They just tell you what they need you to do, pretty much. Yeah, they don't. Well, they don't talk about things. Maybe them things never come up. Um, they don't talk about stuff like that, too. Mm. No. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, another thing too. Um, remember we talked about Bitcoin, right? Like I know you said you're not really into Bitcoin, right? So, <laughs> um, that's that was funny to me because um, this white woman felt like she had to cover Bitcoin. She felt mm -hmm. like. She risked her whole job. Like she just exposed Fox News for um, mm -hmm. not wanting to talk about Bitcoin when they know black people are watching. 
So they know um, at five o'clock, that's what they call the urban hour, meaning that that's when the older black audience, I guess, is getting off work or whatever they do. And that's when she wanted to cover Bitcoin. So she got really upset and she said, no, no, I want to talk to them about Bitcoin. I want them to know, you know, how great a thing it is. And her director told her that black people just ain't interested in that. So I'm going I'm to show you a short clip of that. And then we're going to we're going to talk about that. One second. That's great. Fox came at my throat for standing up against censorship. In my opinion, you failed as a reporter. From the inside, yes, there's a narrative. Yes, it is unspoken. But if you accidentally step outside the narrative, if you don't sense what that narrative is and go with it, there will be grave consequences for you. It's not just about the viewers. It's about what our CEO reads. It's about what our GM reads. My question is very simple. Why are you doing this? It affects the viewers. That's why I'm doing this. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative in some stories. I have passed on Bitcoin stories. African American audience, if I'm, it's probably not going to play. That's a choice I'm making, an editorial choice. That seems sort of a racially charged statement to make. I want out of this narrative news telling. I want out of, of this corruption are you afraid of doing this i haven't had a lot of fear about it i'm i'm so horrified at what the news business has has stooped to what you just heard was our newest insider fox 26 reporter ivory hecker blowing the whistle on her own network's bias hecker felt compelled to come forward and shine a light on what she says is fox 26 being quote deceptive to viewers So there are lots of reasons. If I know our numbers are tanking from five to six. Hold on. All right, it's frozen, but. Anyway, I thought that this uh, I couldn't pass up on talking about this because um, I feel like I feel like it's two things. Right. So it is true that black people don't really care about Bitcoin. That is true. But you well, can't assume, you know, that, like that. that all older black people don't care about Bitcoin because maybe they don't care about Bitcoin because they are new to you know, crypto. And right now what's happening with crypto is the greatest wealth um, distribution that's ever happened with digital money. So if we miss out on Bitcoin, we miss out on crypto. We're going to be even further behind than we are now. So I, I understand where that director was coming from, but that's like saying um, black people don't care about credit. You know what I'm saying? Like um, some of us do. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that was a really extraordinary story because um, that white lady did not have to expose that. She could have like, you know, yeah, she quiet. She could have pushed the narrative and she could have just kept her job. But she, you know, risked her job and her livelihood and everything because she wanted black people to learn about Bitcoin. So um, any thoughts on that? Do you think that was dumb? Do you think she do you think she had a good point with that? Um, what are the what are the issues, I guess, with the black community and Bitcoin from, you know, black person's perspective? 
Well, I, I would say one, I, you have to commend her. I mean, I think it was a courageous act. You know, I mean, she did, you know, she did deviate from the, uh, uh, from the norm and uh, stepped out on a limb and uh, tried to uh, change the narrative uh, of how the uh, news uh, was presented to, uh, to, I mean, to a segment of people. And, uh, but the, the, the thing of it, Chakarai is, uh, did, did we learn anything from that? You know, did we, did we gather, did, did, did that make us pursue to try to understand what Bitcoin is all about? I mean, that's, that's one thing that we, I like to find out because I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, my daughter, she, she, she's the one that let me know a lot of stuff. She, she does invest in Bitcoins and things like that. Um, cause she was talking to me about it. I, I, I was like, she just said, Dad, you got a closed mind and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I really do. So, but um, that story, um, she had to be commended for that shopping rock. Mm -hmm. You know, for what she done, you know. She didn't have to do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, <clears throat> just the fact that she had been cared, um, <clears throat> it lets you know what they're talking about you know, in those meetings, like, you know, they, mm. they're like, okay, well, yeah, we're going to talk about Bitcoin, but only for our white audience. Right. So Facts. that's not for the, the Negroes. That's for, <laughs> but think about, but think about it. Shakama. Think about this. Shakama. A lot of them may have closed minds like myself, you know, to the stock market. Now I don't have a closed mind to business, but as I said to you yesterday, I, I you know, I did, I do have a closed mind to, to the stock market. You know, and uh, but you did, you know, illustrate some things to me yesterday in our discussion that, hey, maybe I ought to take a deep look into this thing. And I, I said I would. Mm -hmm. You know, because some things, some things can be explained to someone in a different way. And um, it may start looking at things differently, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned like, you that's something you never really considered um you know in general but no. you know that's why i think she was upset because i think she was saying like hey we're not even covering this we're not even you know trying to educate black people on this on this topic because we're assuming that they're not interested from the beginning but you just said you know once you got more information about it um, and you started to research you was like okay maybe you know i'll look into it you know you'll consider it so yes I think that's what makes the difference um, because remember, we just talked about knowledge is the most powerful economic weapon. So that's true. We got to have these conversations um, because the new, the news ain't going to promote Bitcoin to the black community. We know no. now Fox news is probably the largest news network and they have made a decision to not educate black people about Bitcoin. So now we know, they are systematically racially well trying to racially exclude us from amassing wealth in the cryptocurrency space well chakra i you know i look at it that's that's a story uh, like you may catch a story like that maybe every so often on the news how how, how often do you go to the news and you expecting to get financial literacy that's like going to expecting to go to some university or some um, some school, uh, if it's not the school of uh, 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 
uh, uh, the the business school of uh, of uh, trying to think of the name of that business school, the Wharton Business School. If you're not looking to go to schools like that, you know you're not gonna you're not expecting to get financial literacy. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know that's 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 rare that you may catch that. Mm -hmm. You know, with the lady doing doing what she did, but that's something that you have to seek. You know, this information is is uh, it's not posted everywhere. It's definitely not in the school system. So, you know, that was something that um, you know. You know, you may have to get in passing or you have to, you know, somewhat pick a magazine up and read or or maybe see something that you're surfing the net about or or someone actually sit you down and teach you things like this, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we, we haven't even talked about gold and silver and copper and hard assets. We just talking about crypto because crypto is an asset you know what i mean um of course. and this bitcoin is banned in nigeria so you know africans oh. can't, they can't um get into it you know and i think china just banned it yesterday so the time limit i mean we don't know if they're going to ban it here but you know it's very time sensitive because um as cryptocurrency becomes more popular it's going to be more people trading it's going to be more people investing. It's going to be, I think banks are actually starting to buy cryptocurrency. Um, you can actually use Bitcoin on PayPal now. So, yeah, it's, it's becoming similar. very mainstream, but we are way behind. I mean, we are probably five or six years behind. No, eight years behind. So, you know, I just appreciate that white lady for um, exposing that because, you know, we got people like, um, Dr. Boyce Watkins, who has a, a black, you know, finance school or something like that. But I mean, he's not really given any any real knowledge on how do we get into this? He he over here arguing with um, Kwame Brown. Yeah. And talking about Cardi B. So that's a waste of time. So so we have his, his show. His show should be dedicated because the way he present himself, his show should be dedicated. Every time that he come on, he should be talking about financial literacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I think that he say he's got some type of degree in that or something to that effect. I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know too much about the guy, but I, I've heard him speak a couple of times. But, you know, um, that's what his show should be geared for because he talks about it all the time about what he tries to do, you know, to help you know, the uh, black community and things like that. I mean, that's one way that he can do it. He focuses time and he focuses show solely on that and not get caught up with the circus of the, you know, stuff that goes around in, in the community, like, you know, the stuff dealing with Kwame Brown and Cardi B and things like that and stuff like right. that. Man. Just a suggestion. He's, a, he, he's his own man. It's his own show. He do what he want to do at the end of the day. That's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um so what we're gonna what we um what we need to also understand is mutual funds and also what they call bonds. So do you know uh what the difference between a stock and a bond is? 
uh, no shot for Ron don't. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, but and I, I couldn't tell you. I can go into the thing of like, uh, what is a mutual, what is a mutual fund, and what is a hedge fund. You know. Um, so what's, you know, the, I, what's, I, a, what's I, a hedge fund? I don't know. I mean, I go, I hear those terminologies, but I never, like I say, those things never. They never piqued my interest. I never looked to to do any any any, any investigation or any study into it, you know. But I mean, I've you know I've, I've heard the word, I heard the terminology, but I never looked into it though. Got you. Yeah, me either. Um, so, real quick, and I'll end with this because I got to do a few more shows today. But so. The difference between bonds and stocks. So whenever I hear the word bond, I always think of when, like when I went to jail <laughs> and I had to get bonded out. <laughs> so yeah, folks, we, know about, about bonds, we know we know about that, don't we? We know about that. <laughs> <laughs> like a bell bondsman. You know yeah. I mean? like, that's the only time I heard the word bond. So you know the difference is you know a bond is an issue of debt. And it says debt that is made with an investor for cash in exchange for payouts of interest. Typically traded over the counter, generally low risk, lower reward. And they can be made as corporate, municipal or treasury bonds. So uh, basically, once you have a bond, you get paid interest on that bond, right? Um, every every six months, every month or every year. And then you have stocks, which is actual ownership in a company. And you have a claim to a company's assets and earnings that often gives the investor voting rights and pays dividends. And the risk is higher with stocks, but you get a higher reward. So um, if you want to do something that's low, low risk, you can um, get bonds, right? And these count as assets. These are both assets. So that's that's what they were talking about when they showed you the cash flow of a wealthy of a wealthy person versus a, a middle class or a rich person versus a poor person. The wealthy use whatever money they make on their on their assets and they use that to offset their liabilities. So even if you don't want to start small, like like we just said, we just saw stock for twelve dollars stock for four dollars and you know i'm sure bonds are you know probably aren't that expensive either um let me see if i can find some some um easy bonds for beginners you know for people that are just getting into this you, you know you know shaka Rod, you spoke about the uh you know you started the subject of talking about the uh the show of talking about the uh uh the uh nba players were professional athletes in other words um uh, that they're you know about the, I'm assuming about the money. I tuned in kind of late with it, but uh, did, did you talk about the money that they make or why they're not wealthy opposed to being rich? Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it comes down to spending habits and it comes mm -hmm. down to um, the NBA has passive income from their, from their stocks and they resell their stocks. And uh, they also have, uh, they use their passive income sources to, offset their liability so they're not really paying the players anything because they're just they're using their passive income and their stock money to pay them and then all the revenue that they get 
from broadcasting, advertising, mm-hmm. sponsorships, they're pocketing all of that money. Mm-hmm. So the, the NBA player is, is very disposable. When you look at the billions of dollars that they make, they're only paying them a couple million a year. So same thing with the NFL. Um, you got ticket revenue. You got subscription revenue. You got uh, sponsorships. You got um, food, you know, Gatorade, Nike. You got all these other things happening in the background that's covering the player's salary. So we think, oh, shit, I want to be in the NBA. I'm going to be rich. You know, Chris Rock said, yeah, you know, Shaq is rich, but the white man that signs his check is is wealthy. You know, there is a difference. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But think about it, though, Shaq and Ron, now, that is their talent. And you can take their talent from the age of, uh, I would say, what normal <clears throat> NBA, NFL players mostly come into the league. We'll say between the ages of, uh, we'll say between the ages of 21 and 22. And they ride their talent out into, let's say, maybe maybe for that 10 years, for 10 years. You think of thinking would just have a simple mind at that point in time and just say, we talk about the saving thing here and just want to bank their money into the end of their career and learn financial literacy if they don't know it and then turn around and invest their money. They still have the whole life ahead of them. And plus they have plenty of money. Mm-hmm. Opposed to like some of them do, they try to play in the league and allow some other people to invest their money and have access to their money. And a lot of them end up shortchanged at the end of their career and things of that nature. Yeah, because I mean, um, a good example of that is um, like Magic Johnson. Um, He retired, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, something like that. 90, 92, 90, somewhere in there, 92, 93, somewhere retired or something like that. Yeah, whenever he announced that he had HIV, I think they made him retire immediately. So I think that was like yeah. 30 years ago. But but he came back. But he came back, Chakamar. He came back and played a little bit. He did. Oh, he, he came, came back. back? Yeah, he came back and played a little bit. I got you. Okay, so he came back and played again. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know what he does now, but I, I went to his Instagram, and Magic Johnson is still very wealthy, like, you know, you know, he still does sponsorships. He's still like making money. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he probably owns some stock in the NBA. And I think he was a team owner at one point. Well, or, he was, uh, I think he was, uh, something like, um, I think he was at basketball operation of, uh, the Lakers or some, some to that effect, but he stepped down. I think it was some, some, some to the effect general manager. It was some, he had a high position with the Lakers though, but he stepped down from that position. Cause so mm-hmm. he had, he say, he say he had his own obligation that couldn't, he couldn't uh, uh, put all his attention on what he had to do with the uh, position that he had with the Lakers. So, so Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He owned part of the Lakers. Yep. That's right. Yep. And if you look at this, so these are bond recommendations from this website called bondsavvy, S-A-V-V-Y.com. Mm-hmm. And their top bond recommendation is oil and gas. They said it has a high yield. Um, mm-hmm. issue, issuer leverage ratio is 3.3. And their, their number two recommendation is also oil and gas. So literally, 
um, and stocks, oil is at the top. Oil and gas are at the top. And bonds, oil and gas are at the top. Um, offer side looks like uh, the price, like you can get a bond for 100 bucks. So literally, you can get a bond for 100 bucks with a 5% interest rate. And they will pay you, <clears throat> you know, 5% of that for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. But that little 5 or 10% is going to add up. And it, it, it lets you know whether it's high yield, low yield, or investment grade. So oil and gas is really where it's at, man. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, that that feeds the that you know, that that oil and gas feeds the economy, you know. You think about all the all the things that, that runs off uh, oil and gas, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that. I never appreciated that, you know, but now I'm seeing like you know, like they said in the um the book, you know, anything that's an essential is going to always be your quickest path to wealth because people need gas, people need to drive, people need to get to work. So that's the easiest way for you to get rich. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna um, you know, I'm gonna take at least 20% of what I make and I'm gonna invest it, whether that's crypto, uh public stocks or bonds. And I'm going to just see what happens because I'm like, <laughs> I want to invest in. Uh, the, this is the company I was telling you about, Moderna. Mm -hmm. This is uh, Moderna. So you can get a share in Moderna for, you know, basically 200 bucks. So if you look at their stock performance year to date. Yep. Year to date, it went from $111 um, in just January. And now it's up to 200. So literally it doubled. It's up 50%. Uh, in the last six months, so, so what, do, what what do they produce? Uh, shopping, Rob. Um, they produce they produce the the vaccine. Oh, the vaccine. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you look at when they they just started actually. Uh, I want to say they just started in 2018. So when they first started, it was 18 dollars a share. Now it's at 200 dollars. Wow. So <clears throat> Look at that growth. I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. huge. So <clears throat> that's an excellent stock to have. You know, Bill Gates owns um, some of that. And then you could also look at Pfizer. 38. Pfizer's, you know, way cheaper. You know what I mean? So if you look at um, their year to date, they started that's off at 36 and now they're up to 39. And then if you look at the five year, or if you go back to 2017, it was at 32. Now it's at 40. So it's been going up. Is um, that is is that one of the companies that they that they that they really talks about more than news? The Pfizer, it was Pfizer, and uh, it was what the other of uh, the vaccine that they was pushing the, the Pfizer and. Uh, yep, it's it Pfizer, like Moderna, and then you also have um, Johnson and Johnson. Okay, but I, I I do remember Pfizer. I remember that one. See, yeah, Johnson & Johnson is at 161. So, you know, they've been around a long time. So even still, um, they're up this year because you see, if you go back to 2018, it was at 115. Now they have 169. So that's an excellent company, <clears throat> excellent company to um, invest in. And um, <clears throat> also another one was... Um, Gilead. 
Gilead makes um, all kind of drugs, like cancer drugs, um, chemotherapy drugs, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if you look at their, if you look at overall, um, it's been up and down. They have different spikes, but <clears throat> it would be, <clears throat> it would be a good thing to have. <clears throat> Excuse me, it would be a good thing to have um, whenever they release a new drug. You know, they release new drugs all the time, so you know, um, at a certain point it's going to go back up. So mm-hmm. that's another great one. Um, what's some other essential products? I'm trying to think like Nestle. I know Nestle has been out a long time. So let yeah. me see. Does Nestle have a public stock? Yeah, they do. So yeah, so. Nestle is out there. You get a, you get a stock in uh, Nestle for 125 Yeah, Nestle's all the way up. Yeah, Nestle's been up for... Nestle was at 72 two years ago, and now it's at 125. So that's that, that, that's that, crazy. That, that's that's almost it's almost double. So that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a bad return on your money. Yeah, like Walmart. <clears throat> Walmart is down two percent today. Um, but if you look at the five year trajectory of Walmart. Even going back to 2018, it was at 100, and now it's at 142. It peaked at 142. So, I mean, every, just think about everywhere that you shop, everything that you use, um, Kroger, Walmart, um, Family mm-hmm. Dollar, um, Marathon Gas, you know what I'm saying, Sunoco Gas. Like, pretty much what I'm looking at is, like, any product that I have, FedEx, I know FedEx delivers my mail, you mm-hmm. you get I'm looking at all of them like I need to buy stock and ha- actually have some ownership because we complaining about ownership and the fact that black people don't own shit. But we have a public market where anybody can come buy ownership in these companies. So can't say, um, you know, black people are being discluded because, you know, you can buy any type of stock that you want, any type of bond that you want. You can buy stocks for corporations or for um, treasury from the government, just like you were saying about tax collections. So mm-hmm. we literally we can we can be a part of this. We don't have to um, we don't have to be on the sidelines, you know, sitting back and everybody else get rich. But that's what we're doing. While we're we do. here and you know work our nine to five. Yeah, that's that's what a lot what we're doing. Shock and raw. We're just watching. We're just watching the show and watching pass by. Not all of us, but you know, majority of us. That's what we're doing, and uh, you know, like I say, we we get caught up with the with, with a lot of the rhetoric, and uh, we we need to know how to decipher that stuff and uh, when to plug into it and when not to plug into it. So that's why I look at it. Chakra, punch in, uh, punch in, quick trip. I like to see what quick trip does. I like to see that stuff. Quick trip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there it is right there. It just went past it. Yeah. Go back. Go back. Go back. Hold on. Go back. I spelled it wrong. That quick. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Quick trip stops. Let's see what this stuff is. Is it? No, that's not it. That's QT group. Oh, wait. Q2 group is quick trip. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is quick trip. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they are 91 bucks. Not bad. Not bad at all. And let's see. I, I asked about that with 
uh, shock and rob because it's more popular down here in the south. I don't know if you got them up there in Michigan or not, but they're, they're more popular. They're getting popular here in the south, and they're they're more they they're based out of uh, Oklahoma, and uh, they're 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 mostly in Texas and Oklahoma, things like oh, that. Oh, really? What do they do? Yeah, that's just a um, just a um, uh, just a gas station service station. Force, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're doing excellent. Um. If you look at this graph, they went from like $26 um, to $56. <laughs> and this is all in the last year. Now yeah. they went to 76, 98, like they peaked at 110 uh, a couple weeks ago. So they're doing amazing. Like this would be um, a great investment. Quick trip, never heard of them, but you know, it would be a great investment for sure. The reason why the reason why I I, I I chose them because that's why I mostly gas up at at the at the quick trips they have truck they have a lot of truck stops around here but they what they're doing is they are converting their um, their smaller gas stations that was real small and they're converting them into into bigger stations so I knew that the stock was growing in them because I could just see it now I could see what they was doing. So they started off with the the the, 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 uh, the uh, stations was real small, and uh, now they'll convert them into bigger ones. They're building a lot of them out here, especially out here in Georgia. They're they're building a lot of them, so that's why I was curious. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, like you know, what I learned the most out of the last couple of days just talking to you is like oil and gas <laughs> oil and gas oil and gas yeah. oil and gas <laughs> oh, shit. i'm like man i just want to hurry up and get paid so i can hurry up and <laughs> buy some shit because i'm not playing i'm like nigga if i could make myself a millionaire nigga and and what a, a year or two with with these different stocks these different bonds like that will be a testimony because it's really not that hard <laughs> it's not no. It's no. tons of companies to invest in. There's no shortage of money. There's no shortage of stock. So, you know, That's I really, believe, I really believe that we can make ourselves millionaires, um, not overnight, but I don't no. think it's going to take us, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. I think we can really do it. If we invest wisely, I think we could do it. Uh, I'm not saying six months, but maybe my goal is like six months, like six months to a year, you know, if I can make, a million dollars or even even maybe two hundred thousand or something like that. I think we could do that. Oh yeah. I mean you got to, you know we're not now we're talking about uh we talk about things like that now. We talk about projection. Now you're getting into a lot of things of you know talk about goal setting and goal achievement. So we need to talk about things like that then you know um um that's that's a that's a horse of a different color but um you know but when you know where you're going and which direction you're heading in, you know, that's that's a beautiful thing. But when you don't have that, that sense of direction, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to say where you where you will wind up at. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have that sense of direction or you don't have that that aim or that goal. It will be pretty hard to say, hey, uh, I'm going to be here a year from now. But you don't have that. You don't have that targeted, so it'd be kind of hard to to project that. So. Yeah, and that's the thing about stocks is like we can we can look at the the stock performance going back five years ago, two years ago, this year, 
And we can see very clearly, uh, you know, petroleum is up 100%. So that's a 100% return on your investment into that company. <laughs> so I know I'm about to be rich. <laughs> I know. I already know, man, because I'm like, oil and gas is where it's at. Like, yeah. I tell you what, Shaka Ra, you, you continue this up, brother. You're going to attract a lot of smart people to your channel, and they're going to be able to turn you on to a lot of different things. You just keep it up. And um, you're gonna be able to attract a lot of smart people into this, uh, into this, uh, to your channel, and they were gonna, they're gonna be able to open your eyes up to a lot of different things. So, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. getting started, getting started, what you talked about, and you want to talk about financial literacy a lot, I think it's a great thing. And, um, uh, like I say, you, 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 you have started the process, and you're gonna call a lot of good people, a lot of smart people, a lot of wise people, a lot of millionaires to to come uh, share things with you. Yeah, amen, man. Speak it into existence. Yeah, we got to... Um, so we're going to talk about one more thing uh, related to this. We're going to talk about integration and Martin Luther King. So I know a lot of people not going to like what I got to say <laughs> about Martin Luther King, <laughs> but... I'm gonna let you know. We got right. we got to let we got to let Michael. We got to let Michael understand Michael did great work while he was here. And uh we got to um I know that I, I used to be kind of like, you know, criticizing a lot of the our great people in the past. And I, I wanna kinda like step away from a lot of that right now. And I just want to admire their great work and they 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 great bravery. What they what they displayed during the time that they was here in the physical, and uh, I have nothing but love and respect and admiration for those those that came before me. Well, I don't think it's I don't think it's actually his fault. I think that is what they used him to accomplish. You know what I mean? I feel like they uh, they I'm not gonna get into that just yet. I'm gonna talk about that in the next one. But they just like with Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday out of nowhere. Um, no, it didn't. No, it didn't come out of nowhere, Shopping Never think that this was already planned. It was already in the works, right? To to, to do that. And remember, I told you, you know, that June, Juneteenth was also always looked at as a as a holiday, and it was started by the state of Texas in 1980. Go look it up. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah check it, it out. 40, 47 states had already looked at it as being a holiday. They just made it a federal holiday. And now, you know, all your federal buildings and anything associated with the federal government would be shut down and things right. of that nature and stuff like that. So, right. But it still it still doesn't affect the the private sector because the private sector can do what they want. If they choose to honor it. They honor it. If they choose not to. They don't. Right. But who does it benefit? Because most federal employees are probably not black. I'm not sure on the exact number, <laughs> but who does it benefit for us to be uh, out of work a day getting paid? Like well, that to me, I'm looking at it like, you know, yeah, if, all I, if I was getting paid for it, then <laughs> cool. But I don't think, I think actually, you know what? Um, one of the, one of these governors made it so that the state doesn't pay time and a half on Juneteenth. So they, have, they they made it a holiday, but some states are saying like, oh no, we're not paying your ass time and a half that day. So, <laughs> so don't get it twisted. <laughs> hey man, it just always, 
an attack on the, the, the black man and black woman psychic. It's always an attack. So, you know, I, you know, I, I do chakrasa at times. I try to stay away from this because I don't try to make excuses up and things like that because we had such a positive conversation today what you have this what you have, what we have talked about with the shows and things like that and right. i don't try to give our people no kind of outlet and i think that's sometimes they would take this and try to use these things as a crutch and still right. try to use it as a as a motivation but a lot of them use it as a crutch because we we're just talking about hey just trying to get more of our people involved in the system and working the system and making the system work for you instead of us just being passive and being on the sideline and just watching the show and complaining and making excuses. Not right. all, I'm not saying all of us do that, but I think majority of us do that because sometimes we get caught up with so much of the rhetoric mm -hmm. and we let that overwhelm us. And then we just say, F it. We're not going to do anything. And uh, we're not going to try because, you know, it's always this, it's always that. So, but I do agree that you know, a lot of times the the deck is, is stacked against us, but I just don't want to use that as a crutch. You know. Yeah, I think um, I think that, that Juneteenth is a good thing to celebrate our freedom, um, but I do feel like some people are going to use it to take us back to slavery. Not like yeah, take us back, but. It's just another reminder of slavery. You know what I'm saying? So that that plan with the Martin Luther King federal holiday in January. Yeah. And then, uh, we got Fourth of July. We celebrate our independence. And then um, we have Memorial Day. We just had Memorial Day. And then we got Labor Day. Um, a lot of these holidays are these holidays always take us back, take us back to you know, slavery or a time when we were oppressed or even Christmas, like, you know, Christmas is always looked at as, you know, a day for us to go out and spend, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I see happening. Cause a lot of times when there's a holiday, that means people are spending money or something. something I mean, you have to sometimes shop around, you have to spike the economy some kind of way. So you knew that you could see that they got things set up for to spike the economy at least once a month, you know, so, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's set up that way. You can see it, you know, but hey, man, uh, try to be on the side of of where you benefit more opposed to being most of the time the consumer. That's that's it. That's try to a, set yourself up that way. Oh, I just thought of something. So we should. So since they're going to do Juneteenth now, so we should have something like, you know, we're doing Juneteenth sales. <laughs> you can you can take that you, you you can take that and come up with a lot of great ideas to do a lot of great things to give to the people and also maybe educate other race of people about what Juneteenth is all about. You know, uh, I don't know. You know, um, I mean, the sky's the limit with it. You know, you can you can go as far as with it as your mind take you and. Uh, you know who knows, but Andrew. try not to try not to. I, I try to look at the positive side of it, Shaka Ra, mm -hmm. and not always look at the gloom and doom side of it. Right. You know, 
because right. once that set in, you know, then you just, you know, you're defeated. You don't want to deal with it or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's your choice. You choose to do how you want to do with it. I mean, that that's on you. So it's, I'm, I'm just saying there's no right or wrong in it. I wouldn't criticize people for it if they say they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to celebrate the day. I mean, that's fine. You know, it's, it's no right or wrong with it. Yeah. And, you know, what I was thinking, too, is that more people are going to be traveling um, this weekend and mm -hmm. also Fourth of July. So those will be some good stocks to invest in. Any type of fireworks stock, um, airlines are going to be up this summer because of the Thanks. pandemic. We've been at home. So airline stocks are going to be up. Um, fireworks stocks are going to be up. So, yeah, you're right. You can look at everything that they do because they're doing it for their own financial gain. So. Thanks. That's what we got to do. Every time they do something for their financial gain, we got to say, okay, well, how can we make this a financial gain for us? And that's yes. financial literacy. That's what we need yes. to do. Yes. We don't need to be watching slavery movies all day. No, 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 no. I, I, I give you, I give you an example, Shakara. When I got home this morning, I was getting myself situated here, and uh, I, I turned the television on, and I saw the movie, the movie Herod. Harry Tubman was on. Man, I just turned it to y'all because I want to get. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get into that. Man. <laughs> I don't want to get into. I didn't want to get into that boo because I. My friend called me. Him and I. We talked for a minute, and and I was telling him what was on, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I got to turn that off, man. I don't want to watch that because uh, it may trigger certain things." So I was like, <laughs> "So I, I don't want to see that." You know, I I think I've seen enough of those slave movies and uh, all that stuff, and. Uh, I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, I don't care if any of them are ever made again. I don't. I don't want to watch them anymore. So. so, yeah, man, that's what I. That's what I was thinking. Like, this is a. This so we have. We can either deal with this financially literate, or we can deal with this based on our emotion and how we feel. Because that's all I'm seeing on social media is you know Juneteenth, Juneteenth, Juneteenth. Uh, but I'm not but, hearing anybody talk about the financial side of what it is. But that's great. That's a good thing, Shakam Ra. I got what you're saying. You know, our people get excited about a lot of things, but um, you know, I, I would say, you know, um, Juneteenth is only is only a small part of it. It'd be great for us to continue to push and, and try to get to shoot for the bigger goal, and that's to get reparation, the gift that keeps on giving, and um, that's something that we desperately need to to try to get ourselves out of this uh, financial crunch that we're in, you know, so. Right, right. This is not the time to, you know, just pull out the barbecue and, you know, relax. No. This is no. the time to get your money together and to get, yes. your, get your credits together and get your assets together because they're not, the, yeah, you think they're taking a day off, but they're not taking a day off. They're, no. they're still working, so that's that's the trap the trap is you know just relax you know get your fireworks get your barbecue and watch your slave movie <laughs> I'm now i'm not doing that but you know what the chakra i do love to shoot fireworks i act like a kid around these times of the year and uh i love to shoot fireworks so uh <laughs> so i have a little fun in my backyard shooting up fireworks and skyrockets and uh, all the stuff that i grew up on uh you know, you know, shooting off fireworks and things like that. So it's always exciting. So, so I still like that.
But um, yeah. but um, you're absolutely right, though, Shaka Bra. I mean, you make a good point with the uh, with the Juneteenth. But um, I hope our people, you know, to try to turn it around as a positive thing and uh, not so much of uh, a negative thing. So. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that's why we're talking about this because I'm sure um, people probably didn't even think about that. They just thought mm -hmm. we got another holiday. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? But um, mm -hmm. you know we need to always have a financial discussion whenever there's a federal holiday, whenever they're allocating funds or um, doing anything like that. We need to look at the bigger picture because it's not just about you niggas free and you know we're gonna give you some more slavery movies and like no we got to stop doing that because we mm -hmm. do that every time every year we do this so that's what that's what we can do we definitely can invest in fireworks everybody listening go look up firework stocks and go look up um airline stocks because people are going to be traveling this weekend mm -hmm. they're going to be traveling fourth of july weekend and um th just the summertime in general i know you said you about to be traveling going places oh yeah Oh, so, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, of course. Of course. So that's what we need to, um, that's what we need to do. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We, um, you help, you, man, you, like, should have, are you, um, didn't you do a video that you said you were going to post a video yesterday? About yeah, I, 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 I patterned, I, I, I got it all written down, Chakra, you know, doing this content is so new to me, and this will be my first uh, video that I post doing content. So I actually had to get in and I had to kind of like structure things because I didn't want to get on and try to, you know, get on and, and, and be sound like I'm rambling and things like that. So I just want to hit some points, hit some topics. It's not going to be long, anywhere from five to 10 minutes to put up a post and, uh, you know, let the people check it out and see what they think about it. So, but I hadn't posted that video yet. But I do have the, the 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 rough draft on it, how what I want to speak on, and things like that, and how I want to 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 break it down and talk talk and talk about it. So, oh yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So, um, yeah. just let me know when you post it, and then we can. Um, you will be the first, you, you know you know you'll be the first to know. But one last thing, Shakira, hey man, look, um, uh, this show is I uh, hope to be the show of many. But this is something that we need to to really to really start taking seriously and really come to the table and talk a lot about business and and try to introduce people to uh, to doing business. And I want to share a story with you and, uh, and, and and with the audience and show how other cultures do things. And um, um, I was in a um, I was in a, uh, I had a. Matter of fact, I, I had to go. Uh, it's a real story, real, real, real story, Shakara. I was uh, invited over to a, a Korean lady's house, and she was, she was, and it was this was when I was doing my judgment business. She brought me over to find a lady for her because in their community, what they do, all the business owners in that community, what they do is they all put money in a pool. And in that pool, those business owners, they, they put the money there and they also take people in the community who I would assume of age and old enough to start a business. And they put those names in somewhat of a, a lottery, so to speak. And the name that they pulled out 
is the person that they allot the money to, but the money is for the sole purpose of starting a business. Mm -hmm. But this individual here, she ran off with the money. She ran off with something like $125,000, something like that. So they wanted to put her everywhere on, on Korean TV and things like that. And But I found her in Texas, though. She was in Texas. So they did a lot of the networking out there, put a lot of their advertisement on Korean TV out there in Texas to, to be aware of this person here because this person has stole money from the community. Now, this mm -hmm. is what they do. This is, this is what other communities do. This is what the real race of people do. You know, unlike mm -hmm. what we do things, you know. Yeah, we need but, to start a fund. We need to start start funds and raise money and and you know use 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 people to promote those funds and say, look, this money is for to help people start businesses. Yes, that's this that, that's what the sole purpose of it was. She sat there, she broke it down to me, her and her husband, and they were saying it was for the sole purpose of starting a business. And she took off and ran off with the money. So yeah. Yeah, that's sound like Frederick Scott. <laughs> yeah, right. So you got them. So you got them in every community. See? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, you know, Frederick Scott can um he can try to give financial advice all he wants, but to give nice. financial advice, you have to have a license to do that. So that's another thing. Um, you know, we need to get those licenses for, um, you know, trading securities, right? Because that's another asset, securities um, yes. and bonds and all other kind of stuff. Those are very important things. So, yeah, that's another asset uh, for us to get. So, you know, we need to look. I'm actually looking to that um, today. Um, what I'm thinking about doing, keeping it plain, is um, becoming a certified public accountant and getting a sec license because um the sec license is a financial security license and um you can actually get a practice test online for free um and once you have that license you know you that's another you know you you can be a stockbroker you deal with commodities um you know you you actually advise people you know what are good securities to buy to buy so not saying that I really want to advise people, um, but to be a security agent um, mm -hmm. and to have that license, I mean, that will just that open up certain doors to you. It open up certain doors to you that you can get you can get a you can get a sneak peek into a lot of different stuff. You know, you probably can get you probably can get at some roundtables that the average person can't get to. You know, yeah, because you can sell package investment products like mutual funds, variable variable annuities and unit investment trusts and they say this exam is only you know 100 minutes long and mm -hmm. you know there's series six series seven series three which has to do with hedging and um, commodity transactions and there's a series 63 license so if you want to actually really be a like a huge investor in like real money you know stocks are one thing uh, but securities is a whole nother thing. So mm. that's another asset that will open up to you when you take that test. So uh, I'm pretty sure you can even find a practice test online. So I'm actually start studying today. So that way, hopefully by the end of the year or next year, if I can get in that, you know what I'm saying? As a black man, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. 20 years old, I'm really trying to reach my million dollar goal. 
Um, yeah, you'll be there. You'll be on your way. You'll be on your way. That's real talk. You'll be on your way. You'll be on your way. Yeah, yeah man. It was, it was, it's like I say, man, it was another banger here, man. And uh, um, uh, but just look for this. Look for this channel to grow when you talk about things like that because um, um, listeners' ears, they, they're out there and certain people are going to come in and teach us a whole lot, man. We're going to benefit from this. That's no doubt. Yeah, we got to do this um, every day. You know, we're going to keep yeah, doing it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Oh, so, no yeah. Doubt. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm about to make some lamb chops, but I oh, will, man. I will be <laughs> We'll be live again in like you know 30 40 minutes or so so thanks for um coming on and giving your input as always all right my friend you take care of yourself man i'm gonna get at you a little later on okay all right have a good one man peace out all right all right